beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Howdy. Glad that you're here. On the way into all the services, they hand out the notes, and if you want to grab those, uh, we'll teach from them in just a second. While you do that, let me welcome all of our campuses, Lone Tree, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, Lakewood, uh, all of our folks that live stream us and uh, will be participating right now, and then those who are post-production friends. Say that three times real fast, post-production friends. Thus, the folks that may listen through, uh, maybe they're handed a DVD, a CD, uh, maybe they listen to a podcast, maybe somebody refers them to the website and they download it from there. However you attend and however you're a part of the JFC family, we want to welcome you and we are very glad uh, that you are. Uh, we're going to go into our message, uh, uh, continue it. It's called Simple. And um, what we're going to do, uh, if you look at the intro point right there, uh, the, whole, the whole purpose of teaching this, I put in a sentence, um, what we want people to be able to do is to experience simplicity in a very complex world, and then in a paraphrase, in a very complex season. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, this year, seems like uh, they used to say when I was a kid, it seemed like all the older people used to say how fast time went, and it seemed like it drug on forever. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the one saying how fast it seems like time goes. And this year, anybody else feel like this year just flew by? Here we are at the end. It's Christmas time again this week. We're going to hit it. I mean, here we go. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's just really a, such a complex time complex world that we live in, and we're hoping that you're able to find some of the peace that God has. And so we're actually going to talk today uh, about simple peace, simple peace. So I'm going to use uh, John's gospel, John chapter 14. If you want to follow along with me real quick, uh, uh, this is Jesus talking context real quick. Um, if you, you know, John, you got Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptics, and they match each other fairly well. Uh, they see the events from either eyewitness or or a person who was an eyewitness who tells them, and then they write it down. And so all three of those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they very much are very close to each other. Uh, the, the, the reason you might find a few things in it where you're like, well, maybe you know, this doesn't seem like um, it's, it's word for word exact. Well, here would be the thing. If three people, um, uh, two people see an event from two different sides of it, and then you tell a third person, and then they all three go write it down, how many of you recognize they're going to have diff the ways they see it then? Well, they're seeing the same event, but the way they write it down is going to vary just a little bit. And so it's neat to see that happen in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But then you come to John. And what you've got in John, um, John, John goes uh, a little different direction. John, this is the disciple that describes himself as the one that Jesus loved. I, I, I just love that about him, right? It's not Jesus who says it. He describes himself that way. Of, of the 12, I'm the one that Jesus loved the most. And, and so John, John's, uh, John's gospel, I think if you're, if you're just starting um, a walk of, of faith, let's say that you just are new to Christ, or, or maybe you were even searching. Let's say that this weekend... You're here, you're visiting. Maybe you're home from college or maybe uh, someone has invited you, a neighbor, whatever it is, and you're seeking right now and you're trying to figure out, you know, what, what do I believe and where would be a good place to start? I would say, read the Gospel of John. John spells out salvation and he, and he spells out what we believe so clearly through his Gospel. Now, when we come to this part right here, uh, John is quoting, this is gonna be Jesus directly who is talking, but in context, this is at the Last Supper. So remember now, this is at a point where Jesus has already been with the disciples for three years. 
He's coming to the end of his ministry here on earth. They still are not fully cognizant of what he's been talking about. He's been telling them for sure, here's what's going to happen. Ultimately, I'm going to lay down my life. And they're still thinking he's here to restore the Jewish kingdom. He's going to kick out the Romans. He's going to become the Jewish king who sits on the throne here on earth. And they're going to get to play a part in that kingdom right there. And they're excited about that. In fact, they fight with each other about who's going to sit next to him when that happens. And they even bring their mothers into it. And you know when you bring your mom into something, that, that right there is, yeah. So in John chapter 14, uh, 27, we have Jesus with these words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now notice, he says it two different ways. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's almost like the idea of I'm going to give you something right now and then I'm going to give you an inheritance later. One is, here's the Holy Spirit that's going to come and be the deposit of everything that I've been saying to you. My kingdom is coming to this earth. Here it is. It's upon you now. Boom. But then there's also the kingdom that's coming. And I think what he's saying here is, I'm going to leave my peace with you now, but I want you to know there's an inheritance that's coming too. My peace I'm going to give to you. You're going to get a part of it right now. You're going to taste it. You're going to see it. You're going to sense it. Hey, let me say this. The renewed mind is the most uh, practical way we have of even understanding the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. You know that, right? I mean, the, the, very, the very thing that we war against in this world is that the God gives us a renewed mind to be able to have his point of view about this earth. And the thing that we fight against is that we eat from a trough of everything except what God says. So that it influences how we think, how we see, what we understand. And that, that's, that's, that's another message for another day. So let me get back to this. Okay, so my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you and then he goes into this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So just real quick, so uh, he offers a peace payment now, an inheritance of peace, and then he, he makes a quick uh, analogy. I'm not going to give you peace like the world offers you. Now look, I was a kid of the 60s. I was born in the early 60s, and I grew up with hippie parents. I don't talk about that much. I'm not thrilled about that much. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. But we grew up with a lot of those things. And I, I, my, my, my hippie roots come back to me at my house. This is a shirt that I wear around my house. How many are old enough to remember this symbol right here? Yeah, you, you, this, you know this? Yeah, look, somebody goes like this to me just now. They get it. And with the American flag even. So this is, in my, the hippie roots come back out from time to time. And, and so as, as we were growing up, especially for those who are old enough, maybe my generation, right around that time, you remember, this was how we greeted everybody, coming and going, yes or no? And what was it? It was peace. And, the, and meaning, you know, at that time, of course, a lot of it was anti-Vietnam, right? There's a lot of where that came from, anti-war. It was very much that type of movement of where this came from. But the idea was peace. And here's what Jesus is saying. I'm not offering you this. Yeah. I'm not, this is not some temporary, you know, let's all hug and hold hands and sing kumbaya type. This is, I'm offering you the kingdom of God that I originally intended the earth to look like. Amen. That's the peace that I want to give to you. So we begin to talk about that. And how do you even explain what that looks like to someone? That's why I mentioned the renewed mind just a minute ago. Because I'm going to sit here and try to teach on peace. And so many people in this room, without a renewed mind, the only peace that you're going to understand is this. You're looking for something that's of this world and temporary. 
And what the Father is offering through Christ in us is a piece of restoration of the way the world was supposed to be originally, the way it's going to be when it's all done. And we get to be the guarantee with the Holy Spirit in us of telling people, here's what it's supposed to look like. And I wonder sometimes, how's the church doing with reestablishing what it's supposed to look like on this earth? Uh, God's will for this earth uh, as it is in heaven, let it be on the earth. Yes, no? As it is in heaven? I mean, Jesus, when he's asked to teach us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So on earth as it is in heaven. What does the renewed mind do? It proves the will of God. What's the will of God on earth as it is in heaven? God's will is this restoration, this peace. So we say the word peace, and we've got this here in America, but this, this piece, this goes back. This is called shalom. And this is not peace that's like, peace, may we temporarily get along. This is to be whole and healthy and, and complete in your mind, in your spirit, and in your body. So that when Jesus says peace, he's not talking about some temporary, may we all sort of like just get along and ignore issues. What he's saying is, here's the Father wants you whole. In your mind, in your spirit, and in your body. So that the peace that Jesus is offering us right now is not this, but it's this shalom. It's this, I'm giving you wholeness. Wholeness in your mind, wholeness in your body, wholeness in your spirit. I'm, I'm here. Here's Jesus. I'm here to bring back the original intention of creation, which is shalom. My peace, my peace be upon you. All right, let me, let me, let me give you a demonstration. So Chris and I, uh, this, this past week, uh, our anniversary, just a couple of days ago, and we got to go up to the mountains for a few days to get away to celebrate number 31. We just hit number 31. Yes, yeah, I'm excited about that. So that's a, to, uh, anybody that could do that uh, with me for 31 years deserves not only a few cheers, but literally you should stand to your feet and cheer this woman right now because it's, a, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. So we, we, uh, we, we got away, we went to Vail, and Vail is 103 miles from my house to the hotel that we were staying at. So how do you know that? So I have a GPS, clock that thing, we get away for uh, a few days of Vail, we have a great time. The night before, we're coming back. We're watching television. We're flipping through the channels, and Joyce Myers is teaching. How many of you know who Joyce Myers is? You know who that is, right? I love Joyce Myers. Now, you may sit here and go, well, I don't like her. Well, I'm the one teaching. <laughs> and maybe you ought to ask yourself, why? Because I like Joyce Myers. So here's, here's the, here's the, th you didn't get that. Here's the, here's the thing. So she's teaching on peace. And this is what she's talking about. She's saying that uh, she had struggled with the kind of peace that God offers, that there's the peace of the world, just the, you know, the momentary thing, but there's the peace that God offers, the renewed mind, the really, when, when you go through things to be whole in mind, spirit, body. And she said, and there's the levels of that. She said, you know, as a new believer, every line I would get in was a test because that line would be the slowest moving line. And she said, I would lose my joy. The test of peace was whether or not she could keep her joy in a situation. And she said, I could lose my joy in the simplest of things. And she said, so initially as a new believer, if I got on a line that moved too slow, I would, my, the devil would steal my joy is how she would say it. 
She said, as I grew in Christ, it was not lines that became problems, but she brought out products of like trying to open up uh, uh, packages. Have you, you know, some of the packages that they put, trying to open them up. She said, I would lose my joy trying to open up an aspirin bottle. It was the funniest thing. And I'm laughing. And this is what I say. This is what I say to her. She's so right. And I'm so glad that we have grown so much that these little things don't get to us anymore. Yeah, you didn't say it. I said it. Uh, you just kind of snickered. So we get in the car. We're coming back from being together. We've had this awesome time. We, we load the car up. We jump in, drive all the way down 70, get on to 470, almost to our exit, Santa Fe and 470. And all of a sudden, I remember I did not grab my backpack. What's in my backpack? My laptop, my phone, my iPad, my wallet, everything, right? A hundred and two miles back. And I, I lost my joy. It was gone. I, it was, I, I mean, it was... If somebody would have done this to me, I would have, yeah. <laughs> I was gone. And <laughs> so, so, so here, my, my, my wife is so gracious to me. She says, John, uh, I, she said, um, I'll drop you off and I'll turn around and go back up. I said, absolutely not. You didn't, you know, I, I will go back up. I'll drop you off. Uh, both of us had to come to the church and shoot a video for something that's upcoming. And so I said, I'll, I'll drop you off at the house. I'll turn around, rub back up there, get it, get back down, and then I'll go shoot my, my video. This is my fault. I did it. So we, we get to the house. I come inside uh, real quick. Um, you know, I'm 50 and have to go inside real quick. So I, I, I go inside. My house is 54 degrees. 54 degrees. And I'm like, what, what is going on? On here, so I go down in the basement real quick. Now remember, I got to get back up to get this brief, this this backpack, and I, I go down in the basement and I'm flipping the switch on and off to the to the heater, and it's making this really weird noise. And our son, who was staying home, who lives with us, said I, I, he he had called us the first night we were there, and he said, "Hey, the heater's making a funny noise." And I'm I tell Chris to tell him, "Don't bother us. We're on our honeymoon right now." So it's going to be okay. If, left, if it catches on fire, call the fire department. Otherwise, don't. So I realize something's definitely wrong with the heater, and we need heat. So I call the, the heating people who recognize that when you call them and need them right then, that's the time to charge the most they could possibly charge. So the heating guy comes out, and I said to Chris, um, you can handle the heating guy or you can go back to Vail. I said, we're, we're now, we're kind of in a dual thing. I can't do both. And which one, she said, well, I don't want to handle the heating guy. So my poor wife jumps in her car, drives all the way back up to Vail, 103 miles, gets the backpack, drives all the way back down. I get the heating guy who comes. And of course, initially, he puts a part on and he goes, I think it might just be this part. It's only $25. And I'm like, my joy was coming back. <laughs> I began to feel joy. Puts the part on and that's, that's not it. Uh, it, it's the whole motor's gone, right? So it's a thousand bucks. Listen, a thousand bucks. And I am just like, I, what, what, 
you know, we're just going through this thing. So I have to go over to the church and shoot a video. And I have to be happy <laughs> to shoot the video. So I walk in the front door, and I'm not, I'm not two feet inside the front door. And all of a sudden, man, the vision of everything that has just happened in the last 12 hours hits me in the face, boom. Everything that the Lord had said to me, the words that I said when I listened to this woman teach, just the whole thing. And I just stood there. I stopped in the hallway, and I said these words out loud. I am not going to let you steal my joy even for $1,000. My joy is worth more to me than $1,000. It's worth more to me than 206 miles. It's worth more to me than anything. I am, you can't buy it. You cannot steal it. You're not going to have it. That's all there's going to be. I am going to teach this message to this people with integrity in my heart so that when I come to teach on peace, I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you that God offers us some temporary peace, but that the truth of the matter is and what Jesus is actually talking about is that regardless of circumstance, situation, regardless of good, bad, whether we profit, whether we pay, whether the house is warm or cold, whether we are forgetful or we remember it, no matter where we are in life, here's what Jesus offers us, this opportunity to not just temporarily experience this peace, but this wholeness in life that actually is a guard around us so that no matter what we experience, we can be whole in mind, spirit, and body. So that literally, without, without listen, I'm saying this, it was almost as though these things happened so that I could stand up here and have to decide whether or not it would be with integrity or I would just be preaching. Do you get what I mean by that? Yeah. Saying it because it's the right thing to say. This is not saying it because it's the right thing to say. This is saying it because I can tell you I'm doing it right now. The peace that he offers. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What peace is he leaving us? The whole context that Jesus is talking about is restoration. Ezekiel is one of these... Old Testament chapters that people who were into end-time events love to try to dissect. My favorite part of Ezekiel is when the prophet prophesies the re-establishment, the re-connection, the, the, the reconciliation of what it's going to look like once the Lord returns to earth. And one of the things he prophesies is that from the, very, from the very throne in Jerusalem, a river will flow. And wherever that river flows, whatever it touches, everything will live. In fact, it even prophesies this, that it will go down into where the Dead Sea is, and that even where the Dead Sea is, what's it, what lives in the Dead Sea? It's dead. Even where the Dead Sea is, there will be great swarms of fish because wherever this river goes, everything lives. And here Jesus is promising us this peace that if you enter into this relationship with me, I'm in you, you're in me, then I'm offering you this peace 
that wherever I go, everything lives. But it doesn't matter if everything around you is sterile. It doesn't matter if everything around you is barren. It doesn't matter if everything around you is not happening. In you, everything can live. Everything's alive. Everything is whole. Everything is right. Everything is fixed. You can hurt and still be okay. You can have it messed up and still stand up and smile. You can have it where it's just jacked up and laugh about it. We go in tonight to prayer right before the start of the service, and I've got my team down there. My pastors are all gathered together, and we're actually laughing. And I'm not telling them this story. They're hearing this story right now for the first time. I didn't tell them this story. We were just laughing together. We're actually laughing about Pastor DJ. (laughs) We were in Peru. DJ was raised as a missionary kid in Spain, speaks Spanish so fluently. And if you get him in any place that is a Spanish-speaking uh, opportunity, DJ just, he just lights up. He flourishes. And I, we, were, we were going to do this ministry in this very, very poor place uh, right outside of uh, the city that we were staying in in Peru. And uh, we'd stopped at this gas station, and there was this mangy, just nasty-looking old dog that was laying underneath a table. And I think I said something to DJ like, don't mess with that dog. Now, why does a guy say something like that to another man? Because that man does things <laughs> that causes you to have to say, don't, don't do that. And DJ is like, these are my people. This is really my dog. And DJ, this is what DJ tells me. Here are the three ways that you approach a strange dog. Literally, the three ways of approaching a strange dog. He said, you bend down to eye level with the dog. You present the back of your hand to the dog and never show your teeth. And that way the dog will be friendly to you and you can win the dog over. So DJ bends down eye level with this dog, sticks his hand out, doesn't show his teeth. And the dog does seem to sort of respond to this until DJ turns around. And then the dog attacks his behind right on the spot. <laughs> and we're trying to beat this dog off of DJ. <laughs> I've forgotten about that story. Now, how, how, could, how could you forget about it? Because there's so many. There's so many. I'm driving over here, and I, I, here, here, here's what I felt like the Lord said to me this afternoon when I'm driving over here. Um, this, this is the reward, the, the, the reward, the heritage for the service of the Lord is that when we stand before him at some point, uh, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the, the joy of the Lord. Now, one of the translations does say, enter into my rest. But one of them clearly says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy, not the depression of the Lord. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Yes or no, joy is a part of the kingdom of God. And the, the, the peace that the Father is offering us to Jesus, part of that peace contains joy. To, when you're whole, 
mind, spirit. Joy is not the fleeting happiness thing. Joy is the permanent, inside, residing thing. That's what the devil fights you for. That's what he wants from you. Your inheritance, according to Jesus, is this joy. It's this guarantee. I'll give it to you now and then in the world to come. Oh, you have this. Look, you'll get a taste of what it was supposed to be like. I came to restore, to put back what's been broken. And I guarantee you, I'll give you this joy now, even in a broken world. In fact, here's what we're supposed to do. Represent this joy on earth as it is in heaven. The only way that people on this earth are even supposed to know what God's original attention was is for the church to act like we understand. <laughs> because without us walking in that renewed mind, this peace, how does the world even know? How does the world even know? And, and let me, and is the world right now not at a place where it is a scary place? <laughs> And shouldn't the people of God be the ones in the middle of that to say, fear not? Now, I look at, go back to, to this first part of the scripture. I knew when I wrote this, especially this week, I probably would not even get into the message super far. Back even to the first scripture in John, guys. Just back it up from there. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what? God, here's the promise. Here's the promise. The peace that he's offering us, the original intention of creation is this peace. God's will is that it's on earth like it is in heaven, when Jesus returns, that's exactly what it's going to look like. But in the meantime, we're supposed to represent that. And my question to you is, unless we come into that level of peace with God, how do we ever transfer this in this world? How many of us are having the opposite happen? No peace. <laughs> not feeling like there's any future, experiencing temporary peace like the world has, and our hearts are troubled and we're full of fear. So the peace that he's leaving us, the entire context is restoration. Let me just give you the second one, and I'll, I'll actually stop the message at the second one. But the peace that he offers us is actually a transferable peace. And the reason this becomes important, listen to this. If you actually believe the most reliable source of this peace is a renewed mind. Because a renewed mind proves the will of God. A renewed mind proves the will of God. What's the will of God? His will on earth as it is in heaven peace that I'm leaving you, leaving you, this is what Jesus is, like it is in heaven, this is what I want to leave you with. And the most reliable source that God has on this earth, any believer with a renewed mind knows what that peace is and can then transfer it to this world. 
Now let me give you this cool scripture that is given to us uh, about this piece right here. L- look at this. This is, uh, this is found in Luke. And this is chapter 10. And again, this is Jesus who's talking to the disciples. Uh, this is what he says. When you enter a house, first say, and then look at the quote, peace to this house. He doesn't, no, no other greeting. No other, hey, thanks for letting me in. What's for dinner? Good to see you. Here's the thing to say, peace to this house. Now look at this. If someone who promotes that peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. And if not, it returns back to you. So what's that mean? You walk into this house tonight, and I proclaim to you this peace. And if you're a person who gets that peace or who wants that peace, then that peace can rest on your life right now. So something can trigger inside of you where you're like, that, I need that, I want that, I desire that, God, do that in me. That joy, that thing inside of you triggers. And if you're not a person of that peace, it actually bounces back from you. And you leave hearing about peace, but you don't experience peace. Isn't that a remarkable scripture? In light of talking about the kingdom of God, the peace that he offers, the the most reliable source of being able to even understand it is the renewed mind, because the renewed mind proves the will of God, the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. This shalom, this wholeness in mind, spirit, and body is what he offers us. If we experience it, we have the chance for others to experience it so that we can offer this peace. Look, I'm proclaiming peace as a preacher right now, but we can proclaim it as friends, as neighbors, as people that we just come across and offer the opportunity for this peace. This piece. Somebody asked me, walking into the church this weekend, is it really crazy for you guys? How do you do it at Christmas time? There was a time, I'm embarrassed to say, I used to hate Christmas. I hated it. I hated it multiple reasons. I hated it. But the peace of the Lord, this thing that God has done inside of me, makes me so excited now for this time of year. Wednesday, we're coming into Christmas Eve. Is that Wednesday? Wednesday. (laughs) Wednesday. How many people, how many people will hear about this peace and we'll find peace with God this coming Wednesday afternoon at this church. I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about that. So, so much so that the whole way that we've ordered the service and the way that the end of it's going to be done and, and how to connect with those people who want to find that peace. Oh, I can't wait, man. Two or three, maybe 400 people will find that peace Wednesday. And I can't wait for that. And I love this time of year. And I'm not up just talking right now. This is the thing that's inside of me that 
this message became so very real to me this week. This is the peace that Jesus offers. And it's especially relevant to believers because it's what he wants us walking in. Not then and there, but here and now. And what's happening inside of you? How easily is that joy taken from you? Can you even, a renewed mind can see that the very battle for your life is that the enemy wants that joy. Because if he can get your joy, what's left only to view this world as he views it and as the rest of the world sees it. And we're to be the reflection of a different reality from another reality. My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. And don't be afraid. That's the peace that he offers us. Mm. So I'm going to do this. I just want you to put your hands on your heart like this. Just straight up on your heart. Father, I so believe in what Jesus said that when we come into a house together that the first thing to say is to peace be on this house. And if you find a person of peace, then that peace will rest upon them. But if you don't find a person of that peace, then that peace returns to you. The first thing that we do in our hearts, God, is invite that peace to find a resting place inside of us. Not a temporary peace, not a peace, God, that's just let's make nice and let's ignore issues and let's act like everything's okay. No, God, the peace that we want in our heart is the shalom that you offer to be whole in mind, in spirit, and in body. God, I pray for the joy of the Lord over this people. The joy of the Lord. That the laughter of the Lord and the strength of the Lord and the fun that the Lord has for us would return. Lord, that people would bring it to their houses and to their friends' houses this weekend and to their families. God, if so many families will gather together, may it be a time of the peace of the Lord. May it ricochet and find a resting place in every heart that we'll come in contact with this week. But God, most of all, let it find a place inside of us. God, thank you for your peace that you give to us now and then. And we receive your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <laughs> peace be with you. Peace be with you. Listen, I'm going to dismiss you. I want to do it this way. Uh, at all of our campuses, our coffee bars are going to open up. And rather than just make a mad dash for home, if you have a few minutes, take some time. The coffee's free, and it's really good. Yeah. If you don't like it, dan at jfc.org. <laughs> dan is taking orders, and we'll take care of everything that's right or wrong with our coffee bar. We actually love you. We bless you. Uh, 
pick up your tickets for Christmas Eve this coming weekend. If you've got friends that you want to invite, folks, we, we would encourage you, bring as many people as you want to it, but get a ticket for it so we can help to control how we set up seats and how the services flow. Take some time to enjoy the coffee bar, and thanks again uh, for remembering uh, your giving. We bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.